This is the stinking truth. Okay, let's talk about the NFC. It's 24-7 at the half. Detroit's looking fantastic. They're just running the ball right down mm-hmm. San Francisco's throats. San Francisco doesn't seem to have an answer. Uh, America is is falling in love with this Detroit team. Lions fans are, are packing Ford Field. It's just an incredible story developing before our very eyes. And then everything changes in the second half. Yeah. What happened? What happened? First of all, let's give the credit to the victors here. What did San Francisco change in that second half? Well, I think one of the things they did is they created some they created some opportunities for themselves defensively in like known running situations where they had not been able to stop the run game of Detroit. They brought a couple of run stunts, run blitzes. They got a couple of tackles in the backfield, and they eliminated opportunities. So all of a sudden, a team that was, you know, run a rough shot through them, their running backs only got, I think, I think Montgomery got nine carries in the first half. I think he only got six in the second half, and he averaged over six yards a carry. Uh, Gibbs got 11 carries in the first half. He got one carry in the second half. Um, so they had some timely situations Timely run blitz and timely plays on first down. I really thought they did a great job on first down and created second and third and long situations. And even though Detroit converted some of those, they kept finding themselves in these second and third and long situations, right? Um, And it's hard to play that way because that takes you off schedule. So it eliminates a large portion of your playbook. And I thought San Francisco did a really good job in that. And you know what's interesting about this? And um, this is just me and you spitballing, but I'll ask you. So Steve Wilkes comes over. Remember, he's the interim head coach, Carolina Panthers. They end up letting him go. They hire Frank Reich and end up letting him go. And, you know, now they've just hired Dave Canales. But San Francisco and Kyle Shannon go out and get Steve Wilkes. They bring him into the fold. Remember now, here's a guy that didn't bring any of his own people. He got hired as a coordinator, but he didn't get it with, I get to bring my linebacker coach. I get to bring my outside linebacker. I get to bring my DB coach. I get, I, I'm going to put the defense in that I'm used to with my people that know my terminology. He came to San Francisco without any assistance. He, none of his assistant coaches came with him, and he learned San Francisco's defense. And so here's, I think, the really interesting part to that is how – adept are you when you're calling somebody else's defense when things don't go well of changing things up of making it your own and frankly mike that defense has been so good all year that he hasn't had to make a lot of adjustments right that that offense has been up they've been up on people you know i mean i make a living picking san francisco and giving the points (laughs) Right. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's like a joke between you and I. Like, how many times has he had to go, uh-oh, my defense isn't playing that good. I've got to make some adjustments. And the last couple of weeks, now, that was an adjustment I talked about, a little, some run stunts and some blitz and stuff off of run and, and getting them shut down. But 
Like, I think it's a really interesting because the last two weeks, San Francisco has played as poorly on the defensive side of the ball as I've seen them play all year. And I did their last two games of the season. Yep. So I really broke down like six, six different games that I really looked at. And I think they've been as bad, especially up front, which was the strength of their football team. They're inside guys with Armstead and um, and what's it, uh, Hargrave. And, and, you know, and then they went out and got Chase Young. And I, I think they've looked very, very pedestrian inside. They have not been very good. Offensively, what kind of questions did Brock Purdy answer for you and maybe for the football world with his performance? I think every guy on their team at one point or another – mentioned something about how Brock Purdy managed to get me that ball on the sideline and he managed to get yeah. this throw and, you know, and they were, they were, uh, <laughs> they were going in deep. Uh-huh. Um, but the last two weeks, Mike, and you and I have had this conversation and we've had it on this podcast, the last two weeks, I think when it was nut cutting time, Brock Purdy loaded the team on his shoulders and drove them in critical situations. And really interestingly enough, and I've talked to you about this, San Francisco has not been able to have a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. Why? Because they're not built that way. They're built to operate their offense. They're built to run the football. Every run they have has a corresponding play action pass that marries perfectly to it. So it looks the same. They create these opportunities for their guys to catch the ball, you know, and it may be a six-yard throw, but when they catch the ball, they've got eight yards around them with nobody. And then they turn into, you know, Debo Samuel turns into a freaking fullback. Um, George Kittle is a running back, you know, use check, same thing. Like, they have that ability. They are not, we're going to drop back and dissect you with precision route running. It's not what they do. And yet the last two weeks, they've had to make plays like that. They've had to go back to, hey, we're a drop-back team. And Brock Purdy has been the difference maker. He's made some throws in that Green Bay game. He made that in-cut route to uh, to Jennings over, I think it was over Savage. I mean, it was a perfectly placed ball, big-time throw. He made a couple of those throws late in that game on a game-winning drive. And this week, his ability – to avoid the rush, to have the pocket presence, to scramble on several third downs and make big-time plays with his feet, to make some big throws in there as well. Um, you know, the big play over the top to Ayuk that uh, Detroit just bounced off their helmet, that was a big-time throw. The touchdown to Ayuk um, between two defenders was a big-time throw. Um, like, in that cutting time, that dude has shown up. And so – you could say, you know, if you want to continue to say game manager, you'll be like game managing yourself right to the what happened mode because he, he'll get you. That dude's a, that dude's a trained killer now. I, I've been really impressed with – you know, I've liked Brock Purdy yep. from the get-go, but what he's done the last two weeks kind of off schedule, what they've had to do to win football games, I thought he's been exceptional. Again, we'll have more time to talk about San Francisco as we move closer to the, to the Super Bowl. The question that every Lions fan is asking, what happened? What happened right. in that second half? Because while most of the conversation, I'm sure, revolves around Dan Campbell's decision to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking field goals, and we'll, and we'll talk about that, but 
it goes deeper than that. So how did this one get away from them? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I give Dan Dan Campbell a lot of credit. He's, I mean, he's come out there and said, hey, listen, I understand the scrutiny. I'll, you know, I'll wear that. I'll take that. It's what they've been throughout the entirety of the year. You know, in the last couple of years, man, they're going to go for it in those situations. Um, Are you okay with that, by the way? That, that the no. idea that, okay, go ahead. No. I'm, well, I'm not simply because um, I love, I love Dan Campbell's belief. I love his aggressiveness. I love all, I love everything about Dan Campbell and what he's, and what he's brought and, and to the organization, the culture that he's created. Um, but there are, there are times when you need to take the, the points and understand the role that momentum is going to play. And you have a fourth down and two. Now you threw the ball. Reynolds dropped it, should have caught it. He'd had a first down at the 20, whatever yard line. Um, but that's part of the, that's part of the decision-making process. You could have kicked a 46 yard field goal and gone up by three scores. You were up, you, like, right. You were up by 14. You could have gone up 17 points at that point. And now we have some momentum. We have the lead. We're going to kick it off deep or we're going to kick it out of the end zone. They're not going to get the ball. They're going to get the ball in the 25. I, I just – I look at that. You come away with points there, and it just puts even more pressure on a San Francisco team that – I'm don't. i not going to say they're about to wilt, but they don't need something else stacked upon them. And then you've got a fourth down and three late in that game. It's 27-24 ball game, and you choose to go for it when you can kick a field goal, a short field goal, and tie that thing up 27 apiece. Like – I just don't understand. I don't understand how that Dallas game and you losing that two point conversion plan. I get you got jobbed on a call and all that kind of stuff, but how you don't kick the extra point and tie that thing up is beyond me. That once, okay, twice, oh, I'm not sure, three times, come on. And that was another situation to me where I get it's what you've done all season long, but don't fall victim to your reputation of, Hey, I've done this all season long. Let's change it up and let's tie this thing up and let's take some points. Let's quit being so point adverse and let's throw out, you know, the, the numbers and let's go with what's going to help us win this football game. And, and that to me, especially on that fourth and three was kick a field goal and tie this thing up. You know, I'd like to say that, Hey, Detroit did a lot this year, and the future looks bright. But then again, this NFC Championship game was their first appearance in in 30-plus years. So wh- where is the guarantee that they get back to this level? Heck, Dan Campbell, after the game, was he said, he shared with all of us that his message to his team was, guys, th- there's no guarantee that we, we come back and build on this. Right. I, I thought it was kind of a – Kind of an interesting uh, choice of words uh, after after such a gut punch loss. Yeah, um, but I I think I think that to me was Dan Campbell saying we got to come back. We're gonna have a target on our chest. We got to come back and work even harder to get back here than we've done so far. So buckle up because that's what it's going to require. The other thing is he's not lying. Um, 
I mean, it's hard. And you think about your own division. Green Bay, there's nobody that played quarterback any better than Jordan Love did from like week 12 on. They've got a young – like all their receivers are in their first or second year. Like they've got a young, talented offensive core. They're going to be improved. You got Minnesota, I assume, and I don't know that this is going to happen, but I I just feel like based upon the quarterback situation and the injury they had last year, they're going to find a way to get a deal done with Kirk Cousins. So they're going to be much improved. I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that's what they're going to do. Um, Chicago, I mean, let's face it, Chicago's got more picks than, like, just the pure talent. Their defensive talent, they're legit. They've got some, they've got some talented defensive players. Um, they've, they've, they've made some nice moves on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to be able to, to you know, multiple draft picks. I think they're going to draft the quarterback and they're going to move off of, of fields, which is going to bring them another draft pick or two. Like they're, they are loaded talent wise and they're young. And a lot of that talent, they're not paying. And if they draft the quarterback, they won't be paying that guy either. So like this division is this division, the NFC, uh, the NFC North, man, it, it's solid. That, that's going to be a tough division for even Detroit to, to win to win that thing. It's just going to be tough. Well, Detroit and Baltimore faced with thinking about what could have been and what needs to change moving forward. But for San Francisco and Kansas City, dreams of Super Bowl glory uh, for the next couple of weeks. And we'll be here to talk about it and look at this game every possible angle we will cover. Yeah. Well, I don't know about every angle, every, but we'll cover every most. Every angle. We'll cover most angles. I'm writing them all down in my notebook right now. Okay. Some of the angles, some angles will be covered.